Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Jeannie Stevens, and I'm one of the founding lead pastors at Soul City Church. And we're a local church in Chicago with a global vision and a simple mission. We want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And you have no idea how much I wish we were physically together, but I hope you are taking advantage of this moment. Instead of getting all dressed up for the Christmas service, I hope that you have your comfiest Christmas PJs on, or maybe you're just watching in some sweats and your best quarantine hair. Listen, all are welcome here. Or maybe you have some hot cocoa and cookies, hopefully even some candles ready for when we sing Silent Night in just a little bit. And while I do love gathering at Soul City for our many Christmas traditions, I'm grateful that this year I get to come to your house for Christmas. And we would love for you to tell us where you're watching from and share a picture of yourself and maybe anyone you're watching with on social media. Now, I know this Christmas does not feel normal. Nothing about this year has been normal. We took our kids and sweet nephew Ewan to see Santa, and we sat in a plexiglass sleigh with masks on. Let me tell you, it did not feel normal. So in a not-so-normal year, I want to look at the not-so-normal story of Christmas from a very different angle. You know, it's tempting to turn the Christmas story into just a polite and polished tale. Over the years, the story of the babe born in Bethlehem has received lots of filters. And it's charming only to see it as a story of wonder and awe. A dancing star in the night, a glistening heavenly angel, a borrowed, but I'm sure completely sterile stable, just some random germ-free and odor-free shepherds, and Mary, I'm sure, just elated that barn animals were present for her effortless non-epidural labor and delivery. But like the account we just heard, every character in the Christmas story found themselves on a page in this story that they would have never chosen on their own. And for just a moment, I want to talk with you about what do you do when you find yourself in a story you would have never written. When you desperately want a new beginning, but the story you find yourself in feels more like a dead end. And this seems like the perfect year to look at the not-so-sterilized story of Christmas. We heard the Christmas story read from the Gospel of Luke, and I want us to see another side of the story from Matthew's telling. Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, Joseph knows what it's like to have his plans interrupted. He and Mary, they had plans. 
Uh, they had put the deposit down on the venue for their wedding. They started dreaming about the kind of life that they would build together. And he finds out that Mary is pregnant. Wait for it. Through the Holy Spirit. I mean, the wedding shower now needs to become a baby shower. And I got to pause because your future wife is pregnant by way of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a lot to have dropped on a person. And as we will see, Joseph finds all this out from an angel. And this is a family Christmas gathering, so I'll keep this part of the story age appropriate. Uh, but I imagine when Mary showed Joseph the pregnancy test, he was looking more for a paternity test. And not only is he not the father, but now she's claiming that God's the father. So Joseph makes plans. He wants to do the decent and respectable thing for Mary's sake. He didn't want to bring public disgrace to her. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But you have to imagine how painful and confusing this all must have felt to Joseph. I mean, he thinks life is headed in one direction only to find himself in a story he would have never written or imagined. And I love that, that Matthew kept that phrase in the story. He had in mind. You know, we have a lot of things in our minds, don't we? We've got a lot of plans and hopes, dreams, visions of what life could look like. But what you have planned is not always what God has prepared. What you have planned is not always what God has prepared. And I don't even need to know your specific circumstances to know that we are all coming into Christmas and the plan has changed. 2020 has felt a lot like dead end plans. You had something in mind for your life, for your job, for your relationships, for your family, for what your school year would look like for where you would be at at this point in your life. And like Joseph, you had something else in mind and I get it. So did I. You know, many of you know that we are going into this Christmas with more loss in our family. A couple of weeks ago, Jarrett's dad passed from COVID and we had different plans. We had different hopes. And we are walking through this Christmas with grief. And when the plan doesn't come together, it often feels like a dead end. But what Joseph thought was a dead end was actually where God had prepared a new beginning. Look at verse 20. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and I imagine Joseph needed a very convincing angel. If I were casting the part of the angel, I for sure would have picked Morgan Freeman because everyone listens to Morgan Freeman or at least the Allstate guy. And I love that the first thing the angel says to him is do not be afraid. You know, when the plan doesn't go according 
to our plan. It feels scary, doesn't it? And the angel says, I get it. Don't be afraid. You're not at a dead end. In fact, what is conceived in Mary is your new beginning. What's conceived in her is from me for you. And often what is buried up and bundled up in disappointment or defeat, it leads us into a whole new destiny. And this interruption was a divine intervention in Joseph's life. And I wonder if you're open, if you're open to the interruptions in your own life becoming a divine intervention. The story continues. And in verse 21, it says, so she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 22 says, all this took place. Teenage girl, pregnant with the son of God, pledged to be married to a guy that's not even the father of a child. You have to imagine in Joseph's mind, I'm sure he was thinking, why me? Why now? Why her? Why this? There are a million other guys that would be better suited to navigate this kind of plot twist. And that little phrase, all this took place. You can almost hear the apostle Paul in the prophetic future echoing Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. All this took place in all things. God is at work for the good of those who love him. And listen, it may feel random, but there is always redemption. When you are down to nothing, God is always up to something. And I'm confident that there are many of you listening today and you need to hear this. And maybe even more than you need to hear it, you need to say it. And I I get this may seem strange and not normal, but I want you to go with me because all of 2020 has been strange and not normal. I'm not sure where you're watching from or who you're watching with, but I want you to say to yourself or or maybe even the person next to you in your best preaching voice, when you are down to nothing, God is always up to something. Now, I imagine that sounded good. I'm not just giving you a virtual amen, but I am giving you a literal amen. When you are down, when life doesn't seem to make sense, when you don't see a redemption right away, we often go looking for a reason why. What you're going through is not random. All this took place. Redemption is always possible, but so many of us, we get stuck because instead of looking for redemption, we go looking for a reason. And you know, whenever I preach, I always wanna make sure The message is first preached in me before it's ever preached through me. And as I was writing that little phrase, it's not random. There's always redemption. Tears puddled up in my eyes 
as I felt the Holy Spirit lovingly whisper to me, Jeannie, none of this is random. None of this is random. Stop looking for a reason and instead seek my redemption. And there is someone that needs to hear me this Christmas. You might feel like you are at a dead end and you have convinced yourself that if you just know why, if you just know why, it will reroute you out of this hopeless cul-de-sac that you continue to circle. If you just know the reason, then it'll all be okay. And let me lovingly speak the words from the unpolished Christmas story over your life today. All this took place. Not for you to know the reason, but for you to experience the redemption of Jesus. And I know that what you're in, it feels like a dead end. It feels hard and painful and disappointing. And I want to remind you, Emmanuel, the very name of Jesus, is a reminder that he came to be with us in our pain. And knowing the reason will not take the pain away. You know, when the angel came to Joseph, he did not come offering a reason for all of this. He didn't come with proof. He didn't come with a, a fancy PowerPoint presentation outlining all that was going to come out of this disappointing detour. He came to be with Joseph and to let him know that the Messiah that was in Mary was coming to be with him in everything. And what we need in pain is not a reason, it's presence. And presence is what offers hope because hope grows in hard places. And that's especially true in the Christmas story. It's a story of hope. And when we disinfect and try to clean up the Christmas story, or when we stand more than six feet away from this messy miracle, you could easily miss that God chose to come the hard way. If you gloss over that Jesus was born in a hidden and obscure barn, you miss a part of the nature of God and how God works. To miss the struggle is to miss the significance that God picked a hard way to come. And hope, it often comes the hard way because it's some of the best soil where hope most grows. Joseph, needed hope because life did not go according to his plan. And maybe you need that same hope this Christmas. Maybe you need Emmanuel to be with you in the hard things you are walking through. The Christmas story concludes in verse 24 and says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took Mary home to be his wife. He did not consummate her marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And what began as a story filled with so much disappointment and darkness, it becomes a story of love and light. The hope of Jesus allows us to trust that there is light despite all of the darkness. 
And over the past 10 months, I've had so many conversations with people that are walking through a hard season. And what you had in mind is not what has happened in your life. And if you're honest, it feels hard to even wrap your mind and your heart around how all that has happened, how that could even lead to hope. The loneliness, the waiting for a relationship to finally happen, the infertility, the divorce, the addiction, the doubt, the empty seat at your table this Christmas, the betrayal, the rejection, the confusion, the draining out of your resources, the wondering if, if God is even listening to your prayers and your circumstances. They feel like you can't even see straight. Like a, like a dark fog has moved in and settled in on every corner of your life. And when you are in a season of life that feels hard, this is what it feels like. Your circumstances keep you from being able to see. Your brain feels foggy. Your heart feels tender. Your decisions feel wobbly. Your relationships, they feel fragile. And while this is what you see, God never sees the same thing. God never sees our life as we see our life. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Even when all you see is darkness, God always sees light. He sees the whole story, every chapter, every character, every heartbreak and every setback, and everything you thought you would never survive. Do you know that at this moment you have made it through 100% of the hard things you thought you'd never survive? God does some of the most profound transformation in hard places because that's where hope best grows. And he so desperately longs for us to see as he sees. It's why our whole year-end campaign is called Hope for All, because we know that God does some of his best miracles when we are most desperate for his hope. Hope says this is not the end of the story, that doubt and disappointment and despair and even death do not have to be your dead end. Hope believes that disappointment can become destiny. Hope holds on when you can't see it or touch it or feel it or explain it. And hope is what Jesus came to offer. You know, religion is all about what you need to do to get to God. And this unvarnished Christmas story 
is all about what God was willing to do, to come to you, to offer Emmanuel, God with us. In a moment, I'm going to invite everyone to pray with me. And if you are in need of hope this Christmas, I especially want to invite you to pray this prayer along with me. For some of you, this might be the first time you've ever prayed. And for some of you, this is an opportunity to come back to hope. To come back to the hope that you somehow lost. So I want to encourage you, wherever you are, to actually close your eyes and to quietly pray this prayer along with me. Jesus, I need you. I have tried to do it on my own, and it hasn't worked. I confess, I am a sinner. I believe you came for me and you died for me. And I want you to come into my life. I want my hope to be in you. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you prayed that prayer because it's been a long time since you have walked with Jesus, we would love to be able to send you some next steps so that we can help you grow in a transforming relationship with Jesus. So I just want to invite you to, to send a text uh, to 31996. You can send the word SCC new to 31996. And we would love to come alongside of you on your journey as you grow in a transforming relationship with Jesus.